You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Jason Mathens. Jason, thanks so much for being with me today. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Jason, I want to talk about your your beautiful show, um, and and so interesting, really unusual in terms of imagery and approach, a glimpse at Magenta Plains, um, which just closed recently in October 22. We're talking about a month after closing in November. Um, thanks for talking to me about this. First, I want to just talk about that title because I like it. I like that it's one word, and um, what, is, what does that mean to you, or how does that shed light on the show, so to speak, glimpse? Uh, title of the show. Well, the I mean, the subject matter um, kind of jumps around a lot. It was much more limited in this show, but one of the connecting threads seemed to be that all of them were trying to catch this ephemeral moment um, that was happening in the painting. So there were kind of three different subject matters, these little flower paintings and the camera paintings, and then one painting of confetti. And they all kind of had this um, quality of in a, a moment passing. So um, that's where the the title kind of came out of. Yeah, that's that's really lovely in a way, and um, just that idea of a moment passing. I mean, it's it's hard not to read things sometimes as as post pandemic. You know, being that we were all in this together. Um, but that almost sounds like a reference to that to me. And, and, you know, stop me if I'm just reaching too far, but in the sense that, you know, the, the pandemic made us perhaps feel differently about, um, about fleeting moments. Um, do you feel it had an effect on this, just the pandemic psychology in general or studio practice? I, I understand for everybody else how they could feel that way. But for me personally, um, you know, I was joking with a few other artists that have the same sensibility, but it, the, you know, the pandemic didn't change our day-to-day a lot just because we're alone in the studio so much of the time. So um, while it was, you know, you're, you're kind of watching things from inside happen um, in a very different way than they normally are, I was, you know, it, it didn't actually... It, it didn't come out of that. I think that I've kind of always been pretty solitary. So, um, yeah. Um, right. That, I, that, I, that's I, so I, interesting. Right. That was the case for some artists. Some artists had a difficult time. Others who were solitary, it was, in a sense, more of the same. It was, it was perhaps better studio time or in a different way. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I think for me, I mean, it's hard to say that it was better studio time because it was it – was, pretty gloomy, but it didn't really change the structure of my day-to-day at all. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I wish I had something more interesting to say about that, but it, it no, that no, is, this, it is you know, because, Yeah, because different, different people, you know, the pandemic affects them differently. Man, I feel like looking at art after the pandemic is a little different, and that must be just me or, or my own interpretation, but what it means to kind of be out in the world seeing things and and especially, you know, paintings with different surfaces that sometimes you can only see when you're in front of them. Um, so, so let's go through some of the works in the show. There was a, a huge range in the show. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the, um, 
the photographic or, or cinematic element in this. You know, there was, there was images of cameras, um, film cameras, and, and, and those were sort of like really evocative and, and, and somehow felt like it placed the, the viewer like on the canvas, right? Like it's like it was time for my close-up or something kind of thing. Can you tell me a little bit about about the use of cinema in there? And the, um, you know, we're we're talking about um, canvases, oil on linen that are that are named things like like the, the like the type of the actual camera. And sometimes yeah. these are vintage cameras. Sometimes these look like contemporary cameras that are used for for films today. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you felt uh, that you were uh, on stage with uh, some of the cameras there. That was definitely my intention and hope. Um, but, uh, yeah, in terms of the imagery and the, I guess, reference to film, um, I've always had this struggle of, you know, really falling in love with an image and projecting onto it and falling into its narrative. And it didn't you know, that kind of love for for cinema or a photograph didn't have anything to do with, you know, the object of a painting. So I feel like I've been in this constant struggle of, you know, really kind of falling in love with images, but then also wanting to make an object, not wanting to just make an image. So there's always been this this push and pull for me of how to... Um, turn the paintings into more than than just an image, so they do have this kind of sense of an object around them and um, I mean hopefully that comes across with the materiality and the labor that 's gone into them um, but it's it 's definitely a, a thing that I keep going back and forth on that's yeah that 's so fascinating and, and, and of course like in, in some ways I mean, I mean for me anyway it, the cameras seem like very sexy right they're you know, that, that's part of cinema, that's part of, like, the gaze being watched, but also um, the, way they're, the way they're painted is so beautiful, you know, um, and, it's, and it, it, it has that sense of, I want to touch them, I want to be part of this. Uh, how right. much does that figure into, into your painting? I mean, you know, uh, I mean, going out on a limb, it almost, they almost seem erotic, right? That's, that's kind of, this, <laughs> the, or, or fetishized, or perhaps, um, but but please stop me if I'm going in the wrong direction or, or you intended something <laughs> completely different. <laughs> no, it's so fun. I mean, you know, one of the great parts of having a show is finally getting feedback from a lot of people. And I have to say that not many people pick up on that part of the painting, but it is definitely in there. So I'm glad that you are mentioning it. I mean, a lot of the time it's, you know, they are these kind of cold, staid, mechanical objects, but when you're working on them that you want them to feel tactile and there's so many little knobs and holes and orifices and things in them that they, you know, they, the color makes them seductive, but then just kind of, yeah, just all of those little levers and things that you can fidget with um, kind of bring this, I don't know, sometimes I'm, I'll be working on a handle or something like that and I'll be like, God, I just made the most perverted painting of my life right here. Um, so, I, and I don't think <laughs> people are, are picking up on that so much, but uh, it's, uh, I'm always happy when someone feels that way about them. Well, it's also that the camera's looking at you, isn't it? I mean, this idea of the camera being on you, it's, it's sort of like, 
your turn, you know, your your close up. It's 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 both, you know, um, like a self conscious feeling, but it's also erotic in that way, isn't it? It's like you're being looked at, you're being watched, you're being recorded, <laughs> kind of thing. Yes, yeah, and um, I mean, I I guess for some people that can make them just very nervous, and I think I, I fall on that end of the spectrum as well too, where. Um, yes, being looked at in that way or the, the potential to be recorded um, by the camera uh, makes me very nervous, just like being on an interview or something like that would make me nervous. Sure. It, it is uh, going to be documented. Um, and I think that that feeling is maybe coming across a little bit more in this show because there were, um, let's see, uh, two forward-facing cameras that were pointing directly at the viewer in this show. And um, I'd kind of designed it because there were these two separate rooms that when you come out onto the third floor of the gallery space, you turn left into this very open room that overlooks the city and where uh, the bridge lets off on Canal Street. And it's kind of very public and it's this um, triangle-shaped room, so it's very dynamic. And in that room, you know, you're kind of, there were no forward-facing cameras and uh, there were very brightly colored um, pieces in there. So you're kind of bouncing around in this public space. And from there, you walk down this hallway and once you turn the corner into this back room, which is very private, it looks out at the back of a building, the shades were normally down in there. Right away when you turn the corner, there's this giant camera that's kind of, um, that's, you know, staring right at you. And then you turn to see the next painting, and that's the other forward-facing camera. Um, and I wanted that back private room to really kind of make you feel enclosed in there, like you were um, kind of like the, uh, the flower pieces, the corsage pieces, which are these little um, still lifes of flowers in plastic boxes. And I kind of wanted the viewer to, to feel like they were the flowers now trapped within this, um, with, yeah, within this room once you entered it. Oh, that's very interesting. So, yeah, to talk about those, the flowers, the corsage, you know, in, in, in a box. Um, and that's, it's, that's, that's such a different feeling, but you were saying that was, that is part of this um, almost, almost kind of voyeuristic experience you're saying of being of being trapped being within which the camera frames you in a sense and and so do the 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 paintings of the of the boxes like the like the corsage is that what you're saying yeah i think that that both of those subject matters have a lot to do with kind of containment and framing something and the, you know, the intention of uh, a narrative that you want to film or in the case of the flowers, kind of the intention of that arrangement, what it's for. I mean, classically, I guess a corsage is, you know, you're giving it to someone before a dance. So it's, you know, looking to budding romance. Um, but then, you know, as I, which, so in a way they're, they're very sweet, but um, you know, every once in a while, then I'll look at them and I'll, you know, realize that they're kind of just trapped in this little plastic box, which kind of resembles a coffin and they become very dark for me. And I guess that's why they've stayed interesting subject matter over 
the years that I've been painting them just because they keep bouncing back and forth between this broad spectrum and kind of work is quite an open metaphor um, that remains interesting to me. I like that. That's that's so interesting. I, there's one that I, um, you know, was perhaps my favorite or one of my favorites, but it was called Untitled Kiss Light Green. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, this is kind of a remarkable painting. It, it, looks, it looks quite different than the rest to me, but partly because um, it's a slightly different camera. Um, you know, there's, these mm-hmm. seem to be like you're going through the history of cameras here from like early cameras in the, I think, 70s, that NISO, up to the, the red cameras, to, to this one, which also looks like a, um, a large format still camera or something. I'm not sure what it is, but this uh, this is like, again, like circles within circles within circles, um, but also those kind of bulbs around it, or, or what I read as bulbs, as kind of a light, array of lights, of circular lights, uh, feel almost dizzying to me. I mean, is it the case that when you're in front of them, those lights look like they're moving? Uh, I was hoping that that, that would. I was hoping that that would be the effect. I mean, I guess they're all those lights on that painting are are colored just slightly differently, and um, at least for me, when I was doing it, they had a certain kind of buzz to them. Um, but that yeah. that ring light that is, yeah, is that is that what you were getting at? Exactly, the ring light. The ring light within the yeah, end. There was something optical happening there for me, but which is part of what makes it seem very different. But it also just feels even more like lights, camera, action, like go. Right. Sort of thing. Like, <laughs> like, it's a, like it's really watching me or something. But yeah, if you want to say something about that, because that does seem very distinct, especially with that array of lights, that circle of lights. Um, I guess, you know, when the, the cameras are so... You know, when I draft them out, it, it looks like an architectural drawing, and they're just, you know, of course, just I'm sitting there with a ruler and stencil, and then you get into the lens itself, and that's kind of the moment where I get to play a little bit, and also kind of this moment of, you know, what exactly is being recorded, um, what is what is the transformative potential of this narrative that is being recorded as well too, and then within the lens, I you know for me it's kind of this psychedelic kind of open space and um, also just a place to play with uh, the you know with um, getting out of that hard structure and going into something that is a little bit more organic or psychedelic. I like that. Um, yeah, psychedelic is is a kind of interesting uh, word to apply here, and uh, but but that does seem apt, you know, especially the background, the colors, the palette, everything that you're talking about. Um, what is your relationship to to cinema itself? It, it seems like an intimate one. Yeah, I I I went to um, school with the intention of going into the film program. Um, but had nothing to apply with um, because I had just been drawing for the most part. And um, all my friends were in the film department as well, too, and have gone on to, you know, I'm sorry, this, 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 this is at NYU, the undergrad at NYU, is that correct? Yes, that's correct, yeah, yeah. at NYU. Okay, yeah. yeah, so, and and I mean, I guess I've been lucky enough that, yeah, a lot of those friends have 
gone on to have you know great careers in cinema. So, um, and I've always just been obsessed with it. I, I still can't like shake it as my favorite medium. I mean, I love painting, but you know, nothing bowls me over like a good film and the experience of going to see it in a theater. Um, so I'm I'm sure that that applies to um, the kind of seductiveness of the camera itself and the fetishization of it as well. Um, just, you know, if you're young and, uh, I mean, at that time, you know, it wasn't cheap to have a camera. You couldn't shoot, you know, yourself. I didn't have a cell phone and uh, you needed to buy your own little camcorder or whatever. So I'm sure that I've, you know, I've always been seduced by that object and its, you know, potential for, um, I don't know, for being able, for myself, I guess, but also um, eventually I think I got interested in just the idea of narrative and what it means to create a narrative and the transformative potential of that narrative. Um, so, yeah, and I, and I mean, I guess even the other subject matters, they still feel quite cinematic most of the time. Thanks. Yeah, the, the, that's so. Um, it's so. It's so interesting. The idea of, you know, also how you were that kind of formation with with classmates who are um, involved in cinema and NYU as a notorious cinema program. Of course, it would make sense that they went on to great things, perhaps. Um, but cinema also as as a as a visual medium. I mean, you uh, that influence sounds. It sounds like that influence itself was was kind of important because it, it it somehow was was part of what you what you wanted but but though you you went there I think for a masters too as a, as an MFA right you continued with um with painting but I imagine other artists like that influenced you that that's essentially what you're saying like that, that the filmmakers and that and those departments are are in a sense what influenced you as well as cinema it, itself right yes exactly yes yeah yeah, and and so what's what's happening now with cinema? Are these are still like images where it looks like you're meditating on it, being part of it? Is that still a part of your um, your influences, practices? Are you seeing films? Are you still in touch with those filmmakers or collaborate at all? Um, yes, yeah, no, I I'm still seeing films and I'm still in touch with all those people and um, in you know I I also. I mean, in, in the past to make money, I did a lot of illustration work and uh, I worked in animation as well. Um, but I've also done a lot of film posters or not a lot, but a few film posters for friends over the years as well. Um, and, um, you know, I, what's interesting about that for me is after working as an illustrator and um, trying to, 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 to make a difference between making illustrations for someone and making a painting. And I never want the paintings to feel like illustrations themselves, where the illustration will, you know, it's, it's a clue into the narrative and it has to relate to that as well too, where the paintings, you know, despite my best efforts over the years, I couldn't, I can never start making one from an idea 
or my own narrative. There has to be a mystery about the subject, um, what, I'm, what I'm looking to paint. And I'm hoping that it reveals things to me over the course of painting it. Because any time that I've tried to paint an idea, it's always come out horribly or fallen flat for me. Jason, it's such a pleasure talking about this. For, for those listening, of course, there's links so they can see all the images we're talking about and more. Uh, Jason, I want to ask you one more question, a little off topic. What are you reading at the moment? I'm always curious what everybody's reading. Um, I'm just getting through um, a book called uh, The Master and His Emissary, The Divided Brain and the Making of the Western World by Ian McGilchrist. Um, it's kind of talking about the left and right hemisphere of the brain and their different personalities and how um, civilization has kind of developed out of those two things. And um, I guess I'm, I'm kind of drawn to it because in each subject, I kind of set up these dichotomies of, in the last one, the mechanical cameras and the organic flowers. And it's been an interesting lens to look at the work through. Jason, I want to thank you so much for talking with me today. It's been a pleasure seeing your show and talking to you about it. Thanks so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.